0: We love you, Lord. We thank you for this day set aside to worship, to gather together. Father, as Brother Curtis will bring the message, we pray that you give us open ears to hear that any... Hindrances, any thoughts of what went on through the week would just be removed and that we may know that the God of the universe is ready, willing, and able and prepared to speak to our hearts this morning. Even through our pastor. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Wow. I don't know if you know or if you heard what he said as he uh, stepped down. He said, love you, brother. (laughs) So, you know. And I knew he did and know he does. And if I didn't, I'd be worried about that. But I do know that. So. Last week, we looked at 1 um, uh, Corinthians 12, one through 3, and we saw Paul um, establishing a couple of facts, and one of them, quite simply, is the fact that all believers are spiritual just simply because of the confession that Jesus is Lord. When they confess with their heart, I not mean just their mouth, but with their mouth and with their heart, they believe, they become spiritual beings, spiritual and also in the sense that the Spirit of God begins to dwell in them, okay? So we saw him establish that fact, and, um, and this week he um, describes different kinds of gifts that are uh, distributed, that are allotted to uh, different believers, okay? Now, um, you know, I, I hesitate even to say that I'm gifted in a different way than you are, and you're gifted in a different way than I am, because, because I know some people just look at me and go, I don't even know that you're really gifted, you know and 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 that's okay. sometimes I even wonder about whether I'm gifted or not. The only thing is, I know that I am because I know that the Spirit of God lives in me, and when the Spirit of God dwells in someone, he gifts them for his service okay right, yeah. now um and so we're going to look at those today, and we're going to look at some of the um uh, some of the things that um that the Apostle Paul uh, talked to them about uh, the church at <laughs> Corinth was a troubled church. Uh, it was troubled because, um, well, not because of this, but we see that trouble evidenced by the fact that that they were self-serving, many of them. They were s- using their own spiritual gifts for their own selves, to benefit themselves, to lift them up in the sight of others and to help them, um, to give them preeminence over others. Um, and, and Jesus in... Um, uh, told people that in order to be great, you need to serve one another. You know, the disciples constantly, uh, almost, you know, were talking about well, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and who's going to, can I sit at your right and my brother sit at your left or the other way around, you know? Uh, and Jesus told them, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, then you have to serve others. You have to, uh, and then he said, listen, if you go to a, a, a dinner and, um, and, and you think you're the most important person there, sit at the foot of the table. And because then if you are the most important, he's going to move you to the front. And if you're not the most important and you sit at the front, he's going to move you to the foot. Once everybody else gets there, you're going to be the very last one. And so um, this is kind of what was going on in the Corinthian church. They were so proud of themselves that they, um, that they thought that all of the gifts that they had were there. Not all of them, but it was, it was evident in some of them that they thought the gifts that the Spirit of God gave them were given to them so that they could serve themselves. They were self-serving. They were looking out for number one. And, um, and, you know, you think about ministry, and you think I think about other things, too, um, on, this, on this whole idea. I think about politics, our public service s- servants. Why are we, you know, and, and I think about teachers, you know. I mean, God loved the teachers, you know. Um, why are we in this? Why are we in ministry? Why are we, or why should we be anyway in ministry? Why should we be in politics? Why should we be in any kind of public service? It, well, it's just what it says, to serve others. And if we're in it to, to uh, move ourselves up that ladder, and that's what gets me, forgive me, I'm not going to name any names because I don't have any, um, but you know, it's interesting to me that a lot of pastors find a church, they begin to grow that church, and then they find another church. They begin to grow that church, and then they find another church. And everywhere they move, it's a bigger church with higher pay, and, and, and they just move, up on, move on up that ladder and that scale. Um, and and I, I strongly disagree with that kind of movement, okay? Um, we are in the ministry. We are in uh, a public service mode for the benefit of others, but that was not so in Corinth. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to them, Uh, to try to correct some of that. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 4 through 11. And if you are able, will you please stand as we read? There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all, Father, we thank you for your word. Open it to us. Open our hearts to it. Help us to hear. Help us to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you go back to all of this and, and uh, uh, what we looked at last week, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I just love that whole picture because one of the most important things to them was the fact, the idea that they had so much knowledge, and he says, no, you don't. You've got some about some things, but this one you don't have. You don't understand what spiritual gifts are about, what the gifting of the Spirit is about. You don't understand it because you think it's for yourself, and it's not. It's for the church, okay? It is for the church. Uh, And therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. I make known to you. I'm going to give you some knowledge that you thought you had but you didn't have. I'm going to make sure you know this and that you're not ignorant. And then he says there are diversity of gifts. But the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. We got to see a few things in there, okay? And and in order to see some of that, we need to move on down and read a little bit more, um, because that word "same," he uses that six times in this passage, six times, and um, and, and we see it again uh, in um, in verse eight. Uh, for to one is given the word of the wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Six times he uses that word same. So he's talking about diversities of gifts and of ministries and, of, uh, uh, and of, of, of workings, activities, but, okay, so they're all different. Each one of them is different. Tell me that, that you don't believe that prophecy is different than speaking in tongues. It's different, right? But they're all given by the same God, the same Spirit, the same Son, okay? Now, and, and so what he wants to see here is, and he wants to make sure they see, is that it's all about unity. It's all about loving each other, and it's all about being unified in that one purpose. And I'm going to tell you that purpose here in just a little bit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, um, Diverse, you can look at this idea here uh, that diversity is just basically means they're not all the same. They're different, different ways, uh, different gifts. And, if, and again, you look at them and you see um, uh, the word of wisdom. That's different than knowledge, the word of knowledge. It's different than, than that strong faith that we're going to talk about. It's different than the gifts of healings. It's different than the working of miracles. It's different than all of the other gifts. They're not the same. They're different. And what's really cool about it is you're given a different one than I'm given, and there may be, I mean, and by the way, this list is not exhaustive. There are others in Romans and Ephesians that, where he lists other gifts also. And, um, and so you may have the same gift as somebody. I hope there's a lot of you in here that have the gift of teaching, <laughs> especially those of you who are teachers, <laughs> okay? And I hope, I mean, in the public school system, but also here. Uh, and so you may, and, and guess what? I know a teacher that is an amazing... I know a lot of teachers that are amazing, but, um, but I know a kindergarten teacher that's just absolutely amazing. Uh, sometimes she has to work up five or six different lesson plans per day, okay? Now, some of you may have the gift of teaching, and I may to some extent, but it's certainly not to that extent, okay? This woman is amazing, okay? And I look at, at people who... And sometimes I sub for her. I don't want to sub for her in the first week of school. You know why? Because kindergartners don't know what red is. <laughs> kindergartners don't know how to say, uh, how, how to tell you what a letter is, okay? I mean, that's a W. No, it's an M. No, it's 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 a G, you know? And she knows how to teach them that. I don't have that gift, okay? And not only that, I don't have that patience. So y'all have experienced that haven't you um diversities of gifts with the same spirit differences of ministries now gifts are are what um uh how do we how do I explain this gifts are the things that we see listed here ministries are some of the things that they do how they do that and and um activities are the way you see them brought out okay and that's just a quick nutshell there's more to it than that There are are diversities of gifts with the same, differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. What else do we notice in that? You notice something else in there? Same, same, same. Gifts are different, okay? Uh, Ministries are different. Activities are different. What else is different in that text, in those three verses? You know what we see in there? We see another show of unity in here what do we see? Spirit, Lord, God. We see the triune God. Now, you think about that, and what did I just say? The three unity God, triune God. The one God who is one, three in one, who is completely unified in who he is and, who, what he do, and in what he does. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, and they are the ones who make all of this happen. Now, there are diversities of activities or workings, uh, and that's and why it says, but it's the same God who works all in all. Um, there are different ways of serving. There are different activities and operations in carrying out the various ministries, uh, and, um, and that word uh, activities is operations, it, and the idea there is that it's effectual, okay? Workings, that it gets something done, that it accomplishes something, Okay? And so there are different ways of accomplishing those works, but it's God who really makes it happen. And then verse seven, I, 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 um, I, I kind of really love verse seven because we look at that and what we see in verse seven is the idea that this is, if you will, his thesis statement, okay, his thesis statement, um, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Why do we have the spiritual gifts? Why does God gift us uh, with these spiritual gifts? There's one reason. It's for the benefit of all. That's what it's for. It's so that, um, that we can build up the church. Anybody know? Can you quote Ephesians 4, 11 and 12? Anybody quote that? I can't anymore. I used to be able to. It says, and he himself gave some to the apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I see that as a step-by-step thing. Some people might see that's list one, two, and three. These are the three things it's for. I see that as for the equipping of saints so that they can perform the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up, okay? That's how I see that. It's, a prog- it's progressive there uh, for the equipping of the saints. We're equipped, why? So that we can do the work of the ministry, why? So that we can build up the body of Christ, all right, that's why he gives us those different gifts. Um, and, uh, and, and I think about, I think about these, um, you know, if you're not using that gift that God has given you, then quite simply, um, I believe that you're out of the will of God. How many of you, and, and I'll use this example if you'll allow me, um, how many of you um, have ever hired somebody or your company has hired somebody, and it was your job to train them. Anybody? It was your job to show them. They knew the uh, they knew how to do the job, okay? Maybe, maybe they were an electrician. They knew how to do electricity, okay? They know how to take care of that stuff. They know how to wire, they know how to rewire, they know how to solve a problem. They know all of that stuff, but they don't know how you do things at your place of employment. It was your job to train them, your job to show them all of that stuff. Anybody? Okay? Even if you haven't, you get the idea, you get the picture, right? And what would happen if that person... All they did, and by the way, you pay them while you train them, right? Uh, And and so then you you pay them, you train them, they know what to do, and all they do while they're there is they go sit in the break room and uh, drink sodas and eat chips. You think the boss is going to be happy? No, he hired you, he did all that background check, he did all that kind of stuff, he hired you, he trained you, he paid you while he trained you, and guess what, you're not doing the job. Do you think he's um, out of the will of the boss? Absolutely. And when God saves you, saves me, saves us, he, he sends the spirit to dwell in us who then gives us a gift, a spiritual gift, and he expects us to use it, not for ourselves, not so that we can become a pastor of a bigger church because we keep moving on up, not so that we can write a bunch of books so we can make money and get rich, not for those kind of things, but for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edification of the church, for the church. And if we're not using our spiritual gifts for the church, then I believe we are out of the will of God. You know, there used to be the saying that went around, and um, and it was, be the church. Anybody heard that phrase? Anybody heard Now, be careful. You've heard the phrase. You know it, right? Yeah, many of you like that. Don't raise your hand because I'm going to nail it, okay? If you raise your hand, I'm going to feel bad about nailing it. Okay, okay, Uh, and and what they say is just be the church. And while there's some truth in that, God didn't create you or gift you to just be the church. Okay, part of being the church is what they're talking about. All right, outside the building, outside the walls, when you are ministering and sharing the gospel and helping other people make it through, like the lady we saw in the video that heard about the, the lady got a text. She didn't have any food. Can you come help me get some food? And she, she led her to Christ. That's outside the walls. That's being the church. But there's more to it than that, okay? Because people will say be the church as an excuse for not going to church. All right? Now hear me. I don't believe that's really being the church. I don't believe it for a second, Okay? Because guess what? The church is the body of Christ. Remember what he said in, um, in uh, 1127? Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner would be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Listen, there are a lot of things that cause you to be guilty of the body of the Lord. And one of them is not being faithful to the gathering together. And if Christ has saved you and if Christ has, and if the Holy Spirit has gifted you, then this is where you ought to be, at least whenever you can. I know people that work on Sunday. I remember Jim Mathis. Many of you remember him with great love. Okay? Jim would come into Sunday school class at a quarter to ten. Okay? And if he got there by then, he was on time. You know why? Because he worked at night. He would go home and get ready and make it at a quarter till 10 because that's what his father wanted him to do. Not his earthly dad, but his heavenly father, okay? and But I understand. I, I remember working for um, Brown, you know, that delivery company, okay? What can Brown do for you? Well, one thing it can do for you is it can make you tired during worship service, okay? Because if you work 4.30 to 8.30 in the morning and you go home and try to get a nap, Regular week, about nine thirty, ten o'clock. Well, that's when you're used to taking a nap. You get into worship service, and guess what? It's pretty warm in there, and it's time to take a, you know. And the Sunday school kids that I taught would look at me and go, "Look at Curtis, he's sleeping." <laughs> I get it, I understand, okay. But I was there, and my Sunday school class would wake me up <laughs> and make sure I heard the rest of the sermon. And so I believe that if we are not in church, then and, and and we are not serving God, then we are not fulfilling the will that he has for us with this with the gift that he's given us. So be the church, absolutely. You ought to. Amen. But if you try to be the church outside of the building and you are not um representing him well by being here on Sunday morning, oh I'm a Christian. Where do you go to church? Oh, I don't go to church. Really? I'm really not very interested in what you say about being a Christian then. Be the church, but absolutely go to church and use this gift that he's given you to serve the church. That's what, that's what all of that means. Now, um, uh, there are gifts, spiritual gifts that he talks about here. And, you know, one of the things that we've got here is um, is a list of them. And one of the things that we see here is he says, um, for to one is given the word of, oh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the, sp- for the profit of all. Let's hit that manifestation, that word there. When something is manifest, it's obvious, it's visible, okay? All right, it's something people see, which is also a part of um, of the clue that if you have a spiritual gift, and you do, if you have the Spirit of God in you, If you have a spiritual gift and you're not using it, then you're out of the will of God, okay? All right, it's manifest. It ought to be seen. It ought to be being used. It ought to be, um, remember that James is at 417, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual fervent. It ought to be effecting something, being used, all right? Now, we don't do all those things just to be seen by men, right? But you use that gift. You use that gift sometimes behind the scenes, Sometimes where nobody notices. And you know what? Personally, I love that. You know? I think that's one of the greatest ways to serve. Rather than putting ourselves up front all the time. I'm stuck with that on Sundays. And I love it. I love preaching. But that's not what it's about. It's not about me getting down and somebody saying, great message, great message. Okay? That's not what it's about. It's about me serving God with the gifts that he has given me so that I can be used and these gifts can be used to build up the body of Christ that's what it's about for to one is given the word of wisdom I love that idea of word of wisdom okay uh, uh, because if you'll notice in in chapter 1 verse 17 um, there's another phrase that he uses and it's the it's the wisdom of words okay I'm going to try to go there but I got a new bible and the pages aren't turning very well Uh, And here's what he says. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. The wisdom of words. So he's not talking about that kind of wisdom of words, this empty philosophy that we hear all over the place. He's talking about a word of wisdom, a word of wisdom that is given through the Spirit of God, a word of wisdom that is given so that you can help others know and learn. And then we talk about... um, and notice that's given through the Spirit and to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. A word of knowledge, something that is, is, um, is not uh, typically known among the church, okay? And the Apostle Paul uh, uh, did that quite a bit. He had a word of knowledge. In fact, that's what he said. I came to you um, not with my own knowledge but with the knowledge of God, all right? Um, and I came to you preaching that way uh, with, with, with the knowledge of God and, and power, all right? So, I want to go through these. By the way, um, I want to ask you a question, and I think I'm going to do something here. Let's try this. Is that what I need? No? Yes? yes. Is it coming up? Yes. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so um, my son temporarily turned over control of the, what you call it? Listen, I don't know if you know your spiritual gift or not, Okay. You may know your spiritual gift. And you know, there's, there's all kinds of discussions about the spiritual gifts. How many do we have? You know, I don't know. Do you have one only? Do you have two? Maybe three? Maybe God has gifted you in different ways, okay? Um, but if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, you can go to this website, Spiritual Gifts Assessment Tool, Discover Your God-Given Spiritual Gifts. Um, and that is gonna be on the website. It's gonna be on the Facebook page. You can go there. And I'm saying to you that if you don't know your spiritual gift, Well, I don't know what God has designed me to do. I don't know how he's designed me. I don't know how he's gifted me. Then you can go to that site, and you can take that test, okay? Um, And you can read what the Bible says about spiritual gifts, and you can read the rest of that. And then you can take that test and find out where you're gifted to serve. Believe me, in a few months, your nominating committee is going to be looking for people, okay? And they may say to you, well, where do you feel like God's calling you to serve? And you can say, I took that spiritual gifts assessment, and this is what it says about me. Okay, now I took a spiritual gift. You can go to the scripture again, Timothy. Um, I've relinquished control. Um, uh, I took spiritual gifts assessment survey a long time ago, and it said that my spiritual gift was um, non-existent. It said mine was service, service. I love serving, okay? I mean, I mean, one of the things I love to do is open doors for people, especially if they're automatic doors, I love it. Just, here, I'll get that for you. And the door opens. It's, I mean, and, and the thing is, there's like you laughed, okay? And that's what they do too, all right? And sometimes not only does it open a door, it opens another door, okay? Okay? And that's what service does. It opens a door. All right. Now, um, now there, I'm going to read through the rest of these, okay? Uh, the Word of Wisdom. <laughs> Y'all ought to pray for me to have that, right? Um, uh, the Word of Knowledge. Uh, faith. Faith. And, and, and this idea here is, is a, is a faith that's not just the faith that you have in Christ to save you, but it's a faith that they talk about that's, it's a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, I don't know, gigantic faith that you have the faith to move mountains, okay? I guess that's only a faith of a mustard seed, isn't it? Uh, faith, uh, gifts of healings by the same spirit, okay? That's one I wish I had, okay? <laughs> that's one I wish I had, a hey, gift of healing, all right, uh, To another, working of miracles. Wouldn't that be something? To another, prophecy. To another, discerning the spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Uh, To another, the interpretation of tongues. And there they are. Those are the ones that he lists here. You can read Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. You can read some more of them there and see how they're listed. And like I said, this is not an exhaustive list. Neither of those are exhaustive lists. And you can see those gifts that the apostle Paul lists. And by the way, some people think that even all three of those together, not an exhaustive list. That there are other spiritual gifts too. We just don't have them listed, all right? So those are not exhaustive lists. I wish I had the gift of healing. I really, I do, and i said it to you many times. I wish I had the gift of healing. You could walk up to somebody who was having uh, uh, physical issues, uh, shoulder pain, elbow pain, whatever, and I could just go, God bless you, and walk away. An hour or two hours later, they realized that their f- shoulder was healed. I don't know about you. Anybody here wish that you had a gift that maybe you don't have? You know, you know what I've decided. With all of that, I think it's going to be more um, beneficial if I just go, "Okay, God, you gave me the gifts you gave me, or the gift you gave me. Help me to use that gift for your glory and to build up your church, instead of worrying about the gift I don't have and trying to um, and, and praying for God to give me that gift." Okay So Gift of faith Gift of healings By the same spirit To another working of miracles To another prophecy And we can talk about if Some of these are just pretty uh, You look at them And you think that they're kind of Kind of obvious what they are The gift of healing Well yeah People get well You touch them You pray for them And they get well They're no longer sick Whatever injury they had Gift of miracles These are um, uh, uh, Something that is um, uh, you know, like Paul smiting El- Elimus with blindness. Okay, um, like even, even, in, and this is one that's, that's interesting. And uh, uh, even um, in the New Testament, when and uh, I can't even remember their names, they they said they gave as much as they as much as they earned from selling their property. And 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 Paul Peter said, "Well, guess what? This day your life is required of you." You know, um, those are the working of miracles we're talking about. Prophecy, prophecy is a different one because there's so many different. Um, different interpretations of what that means what it means to have the gift of prophecy Um, and some people think that that um, prophecy is simply um uh prophesying future events some people think the prophecy is is when god all of a sudden gives you a word to say okay there are theologians that argue about this and i don't like to argue but i'm going to present a couple of their cases Uh, wayne grudem says that paul defines prophecy pretty broadly and that its function could include any kind of speech activity that would be helpful to the hearers. So prophecy is not just preaching from the pulpit, but maybe it's, maybe it's counseling, maybe it's teaching in a classroom. Could be any other kind of thing that helps them, that gives them biblical truth to help them live their life. That's what Wayne Grudem says. Gordon Fee says that Paul's description of prophecy indicates spontaneous, spirit-inspired, intelligible messages orally delivered in the gathered assembly intended for the edification or encouragement of the people. In other words, you got no notes. You just stand up and God tells you what to say, okay? Now, Wayne Grudem doesn't believe that's the case. He believes that prophecy also includes people like me who have tons of notes, okay? Um, And there are others. Um, uh, Some people think it's a spontaneous utterance that God just tells them to say that all the time. That includes prophecy. The point of all of this is, quite simply, okay, that Paul is not really trying to define the nature of prophecy or of tongues. What he's trying to do is Make sure we understand they're both supposed to be for the edification of the church, all right. And later on in the in the in the uh, in the book, he says, "Listen, um, uh, in in fourteen, he tells him to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him." However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Then he says this, because I don't want you to get the idea that the Apostle Paul is against speaking in tongues, okay? He wasn't. He says this. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So what's the purpose in going through all of these? To show us that that there is one God, one spirit, one Lord. They give you the gifts and they're for the edification of the church. They're not for the my own edification. Doesn't give me these give us gifts so that people will tell us tell us how great we are. He gives us the gifts so that we can tell people and show people how great he is so that the church will be built up. Now, I don't want to close on a negative with that idea about tongues. Different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. In another place, he tells us, listen, if somebody speaks in tongues, there's no interpreter, don't, talk, don't speak in tongues. Okay? All right? And so each of those balance each other out. Because if they don't understand you, all they're going to do is be confused. And God is not the author of chaos. We're of confusion, okay? So there, now, 11. Last verse of the text today, verse 11. But one and the same, notice that. What does that indicate to you again? Unity. One and the same Spirit works all these things. All what things? All these spiritual gifts. He is the one who gives them. He is the one who works them. In other words, he is the one who gives you that gift and also causes you to use it. Helps you to be able to use it. And, he says, distributing to each one, each one, individually, as he wills. By the way, I want you to notice that word there. He is the one who gives all these and distributes them to each one individually as he wills. You know there are a few things that irritate me. I get irritated quite a bit, uh, <laughs> and I guess I'm—I guess I deserve to get irritated because I guess sometimes I'm pretty ir- pretty irritating too. Um, and I saw somebody grin and smile knowingly that I am. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that irritates me is when people call the Spirit of God an "it." This isn't it, you know. Um, this isn't it. This isn't it, right? Okay. This isn't it. This isn't it. All right. E.T. was, no, an it. (laughs) The Spirit of God is not an it. He is a he. All right? And so when we call him an it, I mean, I don't know if that's blasphemy or not, but it's getting pretty close. He. He. Because if he was an it, he would not have this power. Those idols that we talked about, those dumb idols we talked about last week and the week before, guess what? They are its. They have no power. They can't give you any power, any strength. They can't, can't help you lift up yourself or anybody else, lift up, edify, build up yourself or anybody else. But the Spirit of God, He can. Yes. And you see, we've got to get back to that thesis statement from verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. He gives them to you, these gifts, to you and to me. For the edification, for the building up of the saints. Why? So that we can, uh, for the so that we can minister to the saints, edify the saints, and build up the church. Mm-hmm. And again, the church isn't just here to be built up for the church's purpose. The building up of the church uh, means to strengthen us and to give us the power that we need to do what we need to do. And what is that? Tell others about Jesus. Amen. Lead people to Christ. Help them to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And understand it so that so that they can come to Christ. And so we're gonna have a hymn of decision. And I'm gonna come to the front here. I'm gonna let you sing. And I don't know what God is saying to you, whether he's telling you that this is the place where you ought to be, this is the place where your membership ought to be, whether this is the place where you are meant to be a part of this local church family and where God has called you to serve. I I don't know if that's what he's telling you. I kind of hope it is. He might be telling you that, that, you that you're here, but you're not serving the way he's called you to serve. I don't know what he's saying to you because, see, I'm not him. I'm not he, the Holy Spirit. My job is to present to you what he says through his word and for you to discern what he's saying to you. So in a minute, I'm going to be up at the front, ready to receive those who might come, maybe to join, maybe to say, I'm ready to serve and I want to know how. Maybe it's simply you've never trusted Christ. Christ as your Lord and Savior, and it's time for you to give your life to Him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. but I thank you that you do give diverse, different gifts, that you use each one of us in different ways, that you've given us those gifts and the personalities that we have, that you, um, that you put us in the place where you put us so we can serve you, so we can build up your church, and we can lead others to Christ. Father, today, if there's anybody here that needs to make any kind of a decision while we're singing, Father, I pray that you will lead them to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.